0: that it's a good one for us at this time. It's a, t- it's a time of transitions, and I want to talk about making them good ones. This is the month of Elul. We're transitioning into the High Holy Day season, and the High Holy Day season, we transition into the next year. And I thought that I'd look briefly at today's Torah reading and give you a few things to think about about the nature of good Transitions. So let's, uh, let's move on, please. Okay, number one, you always have a choice about the transitions you're going to make. You and I have a choice about what kind of a year we're going to have. Uh, it's not ruled by the stars. We have a choice. Um, Uh, And that's why God speaks to the the people this way. And he says, see, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. You have a choice. The blessing, if you listen to the mitzvot of Adonai, your God, that I'm giving you today. And the curse, if you don't listen to the mitzvot of Adonai, your God, but turn aside from the way I'm ordering you today uh, and follow other gods that you have not known. My friends, we're in a transition time sometimes we get passive about our lives. We get, uh, we feel discouraged or we feel presumptuous so we don't know what we feel. But God encourages us to feel uh, responsible and to feel capable of choosing. You know, Joshua, who's the next, follow, the next leader, great leader after Moses in Joshua 24, he says, choose this day whom you will serve. If God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. But choose. So as we come into this time of transition, I don't want you to just kind of let it happen to you as though somehow it's going to wash over you and whatever happens, happens. God is either going to kind of wash you towards a good year or wash you over the edge of the cliff. Uh Uh-uh. This is a time for you and I to embrace the privilege and the power of choice. Next slide please. You always have a choice. Secondly, we should be determined to live by God's guidance and His rules. Sometimes I do pretty good. Sometimes in my life I've been a complete disaster. But I have a choice at this time. I have a choice today. I have a choice at this moment. And we have a choice in this season. And we need to be determined to henceforth live by God's guidance, by his rules. The passage in the Torah says this. For you ought to cross the Jordan to enter and take possession of the land Adonai your God has given you. And you ought to own it and live in it. And you ought to take care to follow all the laws and the rulings I'm setting before you today. You ought to take care to do this. It won't happen accidentally. It won't happen because the Holy Spirit zaps you. You ought to take care. I am to take care to live as God's servants. I'll tell you what the thought that occurred to me this morning that, uh, that, uh, that was very powerful. Um, I do think that God speaks to us. I didn't used to. I didn't usually think about it, but I do think that he does, but not in... Uh, not in the dramatic ways you might imagine, not with an echo not with uh, an echo chamber, you know, and the voice of Alexander Scorby, but all of a sudden a thought enters your mind that is transformational, and you don't know, where did that come from? One of those thoughts entered my mind this morning, and that is that one of the things the kingdom of darkness uh, uses to cripple our lives, to slow us down, to divert us, is how we label ourselves. You and I should label ourselves in this coming year. Who are you? I am a servant of God. Imagine if that, imagine if, if that was your identity in your mind. Who am I? I'm a servant of God. That's better than saying I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. It's even better than saying I'm a child of God. I don't mind being a child of God, but I'm not a child. And in terms of how I live my life, in this coming year, I hope to embrace this label. What am I? I am a servant of God. Be determined to live by God's guidance and his rules because he is the king. And the king gives commandments, he gives directives, they are not bullet points, they are not suggestions. Be determined to treat God like king and to live your life as his servant in the coming year. Not bad? I hope so. Number three, Moses gives us another suggestion. Uproot what has no place in God's desirable future for you. If you're going to have a transition into a different kind of life, it's going to mean getting rid of some stuff. Moses puts it this way. You must destroy all the places where the nations you are dispossessing serve their gods, whether on high mountains or hills or under some leafy tree. You must break down their altars. You must smash their standing stones to pieces. You must burn up their sacred poles completely and cut down the carved images of their gods, exterminate their name from that place. This is radical surgery. Yeshua puts it this way. He says, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Now, he doesn't really mean you should go around with one eye, but he's being very radical. He says, if your right hand offends you cut it off. It's better for you to go into Gehenna with one, short one hand uh, uh, than, than to go into Gehenna. It's, it's better to go into eternity with, with one less hand than to go into uh, Gehenna with two. He was not talking about surgery, but he's talking about radical dealing with your life. You must, we must uproot what has no place in God's desirable future for us, and this Torah passage gives us a hint as to where that stuff comes from. It comes from the culture around us. Uh, I don't want to talk about the culture around us because it's easy for people to think of me as a cranky old man, especially the people who've known me for a while. <laughs> However, uh, we have all... We, uh, we've all picked up and we're continually picking up and we're continually affected and infected by the assumptions, by the presumptions, by the, the worldview of the people around us. We must uproot what has no place in God's future for us. We need to tear some things down, pull them up. That sounds extreme. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a holy extre- extremism. Number four. We must sacrificially commit to the things that matter. Not only uproot what is bad, but sacrificially commit to the things that matter. Moses says it this way. Rather, you ought to come to the place where Adonai, your God, will put his name. He will choose it from all your tribes and you will seek out that place, which is where he, uh, where he will live and go there. You will bring there your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tenths that you set aside for Adonai, the offerings that you give, the offerings that you have vowed, your voluntary offerings, and the firstborn of your cattle and your sheep. Look at that. That's expensive. Uh, you know, these sacrifices were not cheap. Uh, uh, giving a, a tenth of, of, of what you own, that, that's the easy part. Your burnt offerings, your sacrifices the offerings that you give, the offerings you have vowed, your voluntary offerings, and the firstborn of your cattle and your sheep. The relationship with God costs us something. King David said, uh, I've mentioned this before, there was a crisis. He had foolishly conducted a census of Israel, which he shouldn't have done, because it was a, a, a... a measure of pride. He wanted to see how big his kingdom was. Well, it wasn't really his kingdom. It was God's kingdom. And he got punished for that. There was a plague that came upon Israel uh, because of that. And the plague was just about to strike Jerusalem, and God stopped the angel there. uh, uh, He told the angel to sheath its sword. And then King David is uh, is told to offer a sacrifice there where the plague was stopped. It was the threshing floor of a guy named Aruna, And he goes up to him, and Aruna says, Your Majesty, it's all yours. Take the animals, take, take, take the, the, the yokes from my oxen to burn, to burn as wood, take it all. And David says, No, I will not offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. It's a privilege to serve God. I wish uh, my life as a servant of God was starting now and I was living back to the age of 18 now. That would be good. I've got the wisdom now that I didn't have at 18. And I made so many mistakes, it would fill this room without air to breathe. But uh, another lesson for us is to sacrificially commit to the things that matter. Nowadays, when people talk about spiritual life, they talk about what it's going to add to you. You really ought to believe in Yeshua because he's going to make your life better. That may be so. But but uh, but it's not just what do I get. But really, if you understand what the nature of the proposition is, it's what do I give. I, we we should be sacrificially committed. Our relationship with God should cost us something. I'm not talking about money. Money is easy. I'm talking about making hard choices, uh, taking risks. Okay. That's number four. Now that I've made you all depressed, look at number five. We should... Leave room for joyous celebration. There, when you get to the place of the Lord your God will choose and you offer all these sacrifices and you've uprooted all the stuff that shouldn't be there, you've made radical commitments to the things that matter, then there you will eat in the presence of Adonai our God and you will rejoice over everything you set out to do, you and your households in which Adonai has blessed you. Our relationship with God should be a joyous relationship with God. It is serious. It is sacrificial. It is disciplined. It is instructed. Uh, it, it, it involves saying no to a lot of things that other people say yes to. But it should be full of joy. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. should be full of joy. So as we look at our transitions coming up to us at this time of year, we want to transition into this kind of life that I've been describing to you. By the way, this whole sermon will be up on uh, the Internet tomorrow on the webpage for Ahavatzion. If you go, there's, there's a section there that talks about messages. It's got uh, uh, Sean Emsley's picture there. Uh, and if you click on it, you'll go right to this message. And I suggest you review it. It's important stuff. Can you put your outlines and stuff on the, the page? The outline is up there, too. The, the PowerPoint is up there along with the, the oral message. So number six, never assume. The future should be merely an extension of the past. God says, again, this is all coming out of the Torah passage today. It's not coming out of me. You will not do the things the way we do them here today, where everyone does whatever, in his own opinion, seems right, because you haven't yet arrived at the rest and inheritance which God, I don't know your God, is giving you. In other words, if you're going to transition into a new year that is truly new, it's going to be different in some ways than what you've had. If it's the same old, same old, then it's not a transition at all, is it? So I'm encouraging you, I'm encouraging me, most of all, to treat the month of Elul and the High Holy Days, which are very serious stuff. The High Holy Days is a dress rehearsal for the Day of Judgment. That's what it is. It's a dress rehearsal for the Day of Judgment. But this is a tremendous opportunity to transition into a better life. And it is a better life. Everything I'm talking about here is just as good as it gets. But don't assume that the future will be just simply an extension of the way things have been. If that's the case, it's no transition at all. And God didn't create us to mark time. He created us to make progress. Okay? And progress entails change. So that's number six. Let's go to number seven, please. Seek and serve the new things God has for you. God puts it this way. As I'm going to talk in a moment about what's called the boundary phase. This is all about transitions. But a time of transition, you don't know what you're transitioning to. You don't know yet. You have a lot of praying to do, a lot of self-inventory to do, and God has a lot of revealing to do for you during the next Month plus ten days. But during this time, you should be prayerfully seeking and serving the new things God has for you. To ask God, what should next year be like? And I'll tell you more about this in a minute. Let's read this passage, then I'll go into talk about boundary phases because I studied with a man who was the world-class and is the world-class expert on this. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land Adonai your God is giving you to inherit and it gives you rest from all your surrounding enemies so that you are living in safety then you will bring all that I am ordering you to place uh, to the place Adonai your God chooses to have his name live your burnt offerings, sacrifices, tents and offerings from your hand and all your best possessions that you dedicate to Adonai. You're bringing all the good stuff but that doesn't mean you, it means you're going to leave behind the bad stuff. And that that brings us to the next slide. Um, And you will rejoice in the presence of Adonai, your God, you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female slaves, the Levites staying with you, inasmuch as he has no share share of inheritance with you. Be careful not to offer your burnt offerings just anywhere you see, but do it in the place Adonai, your God, will choose in one of your tribal territories. There is where you are to offer. To your burnt offerings, do everything that I order you to do. Formerly, you offered sacrifices everywhere, on every high tree, all over the place. Now you don't do that anymore. Bring all the good stuff, leave behind the old stuff. Here we go. One more. Some words about boundary phases, our times of transition. Uh, Dr. James Robert Clinton, who was born in Chunky, Mississippi there are probably as many people in this room as there are in Chunky, Mississippi. Bobby was an electrical engineer and a marine, and when he was 26, he came to Yeshua faith. He was a professor of leadership at Fuller Seminary. I studied with him, and he was a genius about the ways of God. And he talks about boundary phases. That's what I've been talking to you about today, that we're going into a time of transition, a boundary phase. Now here's Five things I want you to think about as we, as we conclude. Number one, it's a time of uncertainty. You don't know exactly what's ahead. Uh, uh, if you're truly at a boundary phase, God brings you to a, a place of uncertainty. Uh, my friend Melissa Moskowitz is sitting here. I've known her forever. And uh, when I left Jews for Jesus, with whom she still works, it took me about three and a half years to realize I was leaving and I went through a boundary phase, and it's a, time of, it's a time of confusion, uncertainty. You don't know what's going on. Anybody here have a feeling like that at this time in your life? Well, when you do, don't be frightened of it. Secondly, a boundary phase is a time of assessment. What you ought to be doing during this season is assessing the past year. What did you learn from your experience this past year that is worth bringing with you into the land that the Lord is preparing for you. And what did you learn or what did you do during the past year that you need to leave behind? That's a very important part of this transitioning that I'm talking about today, that the Torah is talking about. It's a boundary phase. You need to assess the last year and say, what was I supposed to learn from that? What does God want me to take away from that? What does God want me to bring with me into the future? And what does God want me to leave behind? That's a good question. Third, discovery. It's going to be a time of discovering new things. You may all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I, I do some mentoring on, on, over the Internet of people th- th- on, on things like this. I'm dealing with a woman who just left her job, young woman, very, very capable and she has no idea what's, going, what's coming up. And I'm talking to her about her natural abilities, her acquired skills, her spiritual gifts, and how these, this what's called giftedness set, how that contributes to understanding what kinds of things you ought to be doing. But it's a time of uncertainty, but it's also a time of discovering new things. Oh, my God, when I went through this transition out of Jews for Jesus, did I ever think I was going to be a rabbi? Did I ever think I was going to go for a Ph.D.? No. It was an extraordinary time of discovery. Uh, I discovered God wanted me to go down to to Los Angeles to get a master's and a PhD. He provided somebody who paid for the whole thing. I couldn't have done that. I had a wife, three children, and no money. Uh, My my education was paid for. I I graduated at the top of my class. I got my PhD. I became the rabbi of this joint. A time of discovery. That's what a transition time is like. Number four... Courtesy. If you decide to leave a situation behind, don't slam the door on your way out. Be courteous to the people and the situations that you're not taking into your future. You understand? When I was about to leave Jews for Jesus, I, uh, I went up to Canada. There was a, w- a woman named Jan Cohen, who was a singer, very talented woman, had Huntington's career, which killed her. But before she lost all of her capacities, she, we made a recording of her music. I, I did the album with her. And I did some special music at a church up there in the Toronto area. And they gave me a book called uh, The Tale of Three Kings. It's about King Saul, King David, and Absalom, I think. Uh, I, I don't know who the third was. But one of the things the book said is that when you leave a situation, don't slam the door. And that was a very, very important thing for me to see. I'm saying that to you, too. So it's a time of uncertainty, a time of obsess, of, of assessment, a time of discovery. It's a, Oh, I left out commitment. It's a time for you to make commitment to that new future. It's a time of we should be courteous. You should make, you should make a commitment. Uh, Dag should was the Gen- uh, Secretary General of the United Nations. He was a great intellectual and a Christian man. He wrote a, a book of, of, of kind of a journal called Markings, and here's what he said. One of the things he said in there that I never forgot, he says, to God, he says, for all that has been, thanks. To all that will be, yes. Yes. Are you prepared to say yes to the future that God has for you? That's an important question. Some of us are afraid of change. Um, we're, we're, we're afraid of change, and I respect that. Uh, I know that firsthand. And don't condemn yourself, but it's a good thing to look for. Uh, to be ready to embrace change wholeheartedly. I think that's my last trans, tra, tra, uh, my last uh, slide. I think that's the end of what I have to say. Except I want us to pray. Father, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for this time together. Um, I have no idea what you're doing in in our hearts. Um, Uh, Each of these people here is a personal project for you. And you are the great physician, the great surgeon. I pray that we, during this, this season, that we would not be passive, that we would not let life happen to us, but that we would be willing participants in a time of holy transition. May you turn our hearts and our lives away from what displeases you and towards what you love. And may you give us eyes to see a future we do not know yet. Have mercy on us, O God. And thank you that we can have confidence that you will because look at all the mercy you've already shown He who spared not his son, but freely delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Yeshua said, do not fear, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We believe it. We seek it. And we thank you. And the show was nice.